0: Welcome to the Eclectic Readers Podcast. In this episode, we discuss secret passages in a hillside town by Pazi Amari Yaskaleninen. I'm Susan.
1: I'm Jeanette. And hello! Hello! Are you ready? Ready to dig in? Yes, this is... A weird book. Yes. Okay, You you start. <laughs> okay. Well, let's start with a summary, because it is a weird book. <laughs> so... Ali Suominen is going through a midlife crisis. Let's start right there. Um, he's distancing himself from his family. He is joining Facebook. This book was written about 10 years ago, by the way. So joining Facebook was like huge new and unusual. <laughs> um, he's joining film clubs accidentally and weirdly. Uh, and he is joining people around the world as they search for ways to make their lives more cinematic. The more he becomes dissatisfied with his current life, the more he is drawn to his childhood love, Greta. Has suddenly turned up with a book she wants him to publish. However, revisiting his past means dealing with memories and secrets that he and his childhood friends buried long ago. So, what did you know going into this book? <laughs> Not much, apparently.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I knew it was gonna be weird in a good way. <laughs> I knew it was gonna be interesting. Um but that's about it, especially because we read Rabbit Back so long and did the interview so long ago. Um, I just knew that, like, I liked Rabbit Back; it was interesting, it was unusual, and I felt like this book was going to be this along the same line.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we read Rabbit uh-huh. Back um, four years ago. We actually, it's almost exactly four years. We also read it in April, um, and we interviewed the author. So what I knew about this book mostly came from that interview. And unfortunately, after four years, I don't remember as many details as he told uh, that he told us as I should, which I prefer usually going into a book. Mm -hmm. I don't like to know everything about the book, but I do remember that this was the book with the two endings. And so I was very excited about it um, in terms of seeing what kind of story could build up to two completely different possibilities. Because usually, you know, a book has a flow and you kind of know if like a book, a book's ending like doesn't match the rest of the book. Mm-hmm. It's like, so two possibilities will be interesting. Yeah, I agree. Now having read this, what's that? I agree. Like, haunted yeah. endings. Okay. <laughs> I'm aboard. <laughs> yeah. So now having read it, what's one thing that stood out to you? Oh, geez.
0: Um. Okay, first off, the writing is still so good. Yes. Um, him writing and the translator he uses, great. It was so good. I did enjoy like reading it, even though the flow was a little off for me and some things just didn't jive with me. Like the writing was still consistently good. Um, and there was a lot going on in this, on in this book. That is, that is one thing that stood out to me. It's just, I don't like. I think I feel like I'm still wrapping my head around this book, even though I finished reading it like a couple weeks ago. <laughs> and I'm like,
1: I actually finished reading it this week, so it's very fresh. Yeah. Um, I will say that one thing that stood out to me, and like continues to stand out to me. So I might jump around in my, you know, discussion points here. Sorry. Um, but like, I didn't. Ollie is our main character. The whole book follows Ollie. I don't really like Ollie. Yeah and he's a very like i mean i know it's kind of like a midlife crisis book but it's to me he was kind of an odd choice in this world of uh to be a protagonist so yeah, yeah. he is
0: he is weird but i i think the one thing i can think of is that because the author's stressing so much on the cinematic life that he chose someone super boring and this boring person can this boring person
1: really achieve a cinematic life? Right? Yeah, I mean that if that does make sense. And Ollie is tr- it's true. Ollie is a very uncinematic type of guy. You know, he's mm-hmm. chosen an uncinematic type of job. He, like sits in his office and apparently lets other people make choices for him because <laughs> he doesn't even seem very active in his office he's a publisher right like that's your job to make choices yeah but he's also like the boss so maybe he has people to make choices for him yes i don't know (laughs) he's i don't know but yeah and like you know he's got his wife and his kid and he doesn't seem very engaged with them so yeah he is not the most cinematic type of guy i think you've got a point there yeah
0: i think i think the author may have done it on purpose because then that makes it a little more bearable (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like if he didn't mean to it's like well dude you gotta like work on your protagonist here like <laughs> to make the more interesting um i mean he did have a lot of flaws like he was not very likable oh, yeah. um like he was so so disengaged with his son that was really not attractive at all <laughs> you know yeah
1: It it was sad like he didn't even realize his son has so spoiler alert his son gets kidnapped so does his wife um he doesn't realize that that's happening. But the, until his wife disappears. Well, and the thing is, it's like why didn't his wife say anything in all this? <laughs> like, well, if you think about it, if you if your child has been kidnapped and you get like a a letter saying don't tell anybody. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you can't tell anybody. Yeah, don't tell anybody or, like, you know, I'll hurt your kid. Like, I will do anything to, like, keep sure. my kid safe.
0: But I mean, like, him. But he didn't nudges. notice. I would yeah. also notice
1: if my kid stopped showing up in
0: my house. Right. <laughs> and then she could have been, like, you know, like, give him a sign or something, like, oh, something bad or, you know what I mean? Just, ah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think part of his, like, unappealing character. Is to kind of ground the book a little bit in reality as well, Mm -hmm. because so many strange and magical things are supposed to be happening in this book. I do think it helps ground it in reality. But there is, to me, one of the saddest parts of the book is when his wife writes him a letter saying, I don't think you noticed when our son was kidnapped two weeks ago. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) like you're just saying that matter of factly, like that's okay?" (laughs) Yeah, that was. Sad. <laughs> <laughs> it's sad but um you made reference to um the cinematic way this book is supposed to play out and mm-hmm. there's two books within our book both of them written by Greta Kara, um who is chi- <laughs> I can say that who is Ollie's childhood sweetheart um so her first book a guide to the cinematic life is the book that's taking the world by storm. Everybody's into this book. Everybody's trying to now live their life cinematically according to like old glamorous movies. And then her new book, the one that she's writing and trying to get Ollie to publish is The Magical City Guide. How did you think these two books were used? What did you think about them? I think this
0: is where some of my confusion came in. Because this... I, I, I do remember this was touted as kind of like there's like some magical realism in it. There's some magic mysteriousness going on throughout the whole book. Um, so that's, it was like, oh, the magical city guide. Like they're talking about M particles and the secret passages. And it's like, ooh, like this is mysterious. Um, well, uh, what happens when other people find it? You know, like what will they see and experience? Um, so I thought that was going to be really cool um cinematic life I am I would not live the cinematic life is (laughs) (laughs) no you would not (laughs) I I would not that's way too much work it is to me that is not authentically who a person is you know like I want to know the real you the true you like I don't care if you live the cinematic life and like smoke cigarettes like you know two packs a day um So I was actually more drawn to the Magical City Guide, but (laughs) you learn that it's like, oh, there's not really any magic, really. And it's like, well, what good is this book? I did like the parts where um, you find moments. I think like places where it's just like poignant, I guess. It's like, oh, this place is really special because it has this wonderful landscape that you can look at um, you know, and like it takes your breath away and it makes you think and realize life and all that. Um, so I get the cinematic life part for this book. I don't get the magical city guide part <laughs> quite, except it's just the places that he goes to with Greta. Right.
1: Yes, it is. I mean, it definitely seems so, like the magical city guide that Greta is writing. She starts writing in her hometown, which is where Ollie lives, right. of course. And I do think part of it is just like a guide to all of my favorite places in the city. But the, as Ollie's walking around, he does experience some of that magic. Now, does he experience it because of Greta or does he experience it because these are actual magical right. places? Because he does mention the um, the spot across from the, the tire ad. Mm. He mentions that a lot, even when he's not with Greta. He mentions it at least once. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I don't know, because even... Uh- you know, during the summers, it's like, oh, only Kari can do this. Like, he's the one with the magic. So it's like, it's like the only this one person. So it's like, well, then it's not really for other people if only this one person, the author, can have that magic. You know what I mean?
1: Well, and that's why I'm wondering about the way, about Ali being able to feel this magic behind yeah. it. Is this... I thought of it as sort of an extension of the guide to the cinematic life. Like, mm-hmm. anybody can live the cinematic life. You have to find your movie star and your look and your way of being glamorous. And I can totally, by the way, see that. <laughs> I I love classic movies. You know I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see um, wanting to live your life as an old school glamorous sure. Hollywood star. And I can see that... Sort of idea taking the world by storm. And I felt like at first the magical city guide was an extension of that. Like, here are the glamorous places. Here are the cinematic places in various cities. And we're going to start with the glamorous places, the cinematic places in my own city. And there are places absolutely in any city you go to where people like congregate. Mm -hmm. They find meaning. Right. Some of those places are going to be your typical tourist spots. Like that's how they become tourist spots. But there are also places that are like, you know, well-kept secrets that locals know about, but they're like magic to locals. It's like, oh, well, you have to go here. Like nobody talks about it, but it's the best place in town.
0: Right, right. Yeah, I think that's what it's just it seems too personal to me to be a book. So I don't know. Again, this is where it starts getting confusing for
1: me. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it starts crossing the line between that magic and the reality of just making yourself cinematic. Right. Yep. It's,
0: it's, it's hard. I had a hard time like following the magical city guide parts. Because to me, it's just like, oh, this is just places that he wants to go to. Why didn't you just say, hey, can we meet here again? <laughs> I will not be living the cinematic life, clearly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, um, now there's a there's. Um, there's a review. There are reviews out there that talk about like the. Um, the use of Facebook in this book and how it's this is an interesting and when this was written, um, Facebook had recently within the past couple of years had been opened up.
0: Mm -hmm. to non-college students.
1: So it's becoming a thing. Um, Now, you know, we talk a lot about how people portray themselves on Facebook and social media. Do you think um, there's a connection between the cinematic life and the way we portray ourselves in social media?
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, Cinematic life is basically like pre-Facebook. Like, oh, this is how I look all the time. You know, I woke up this way. (laughs) and just, you know, walking around town and having everybody see how well put together you are. Um, and then along comes Facebook, and it's like, oh, here's a picture of me, like, perfectly quaffed, 8 o'clock in the morning, or, um, like, here's me, like, just running, doing some errands at the store and, you know, have a selfie. Um, I think people just, in general, like to have themselves be perceived um, Put together and nice and like, hey, I got everything. Like, look at me. My life is great, no matter what's going on in the back, right? Yeah, Um, I would
1: agree with that. I don't think this, like, I don't think our, if we want to use the word cinematic, because that's what they use in the book over and over again. I don't think the cinematic nature of the way we portray ourselves on social media is just limited to social media. I think that's how... I think that's how humans are, we kind of want to look like we're with it, yeah, um we want to look like, yeah, totally got up like this, I mean, right, like oh, i mean, I, have, I mean, you can see me, I really did wake up like, yeah. late. <laughs> <laughs> I have five kids, and
0: look at me, I'm all like done up, and I'm like <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah, you know it's and, you know, it's a lot of work, and I don't know, it I don't really like that, you know, I want to see. I want to be able to relate. I don't want to be. I don't want to feel jealous of that person. I want to relate.
1: I agree, right? I I do agree with that. I I, I would, but at the same time, I'm not going to lie. I Like, you know, I will take a picture of my kid three times so that I don't get the like basket of laundry in the background <laughs> because you don't need to know that's been sitting there for over a day, right? Like, <laughs> I just didn't have time yesterday. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> like, uh, but I. You know, I totally do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, I think we all do that. It's yeah. like when, you know, somebody walks up to you and is like, how are you doing? And you're like, oh, oh I'm great. I'm fine. Even though you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm going insane. Mm-hmm. I've been locked in the same house with my children right. for days.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that, that's very true. And I think that's like to Ollie, like he had such a boring life. People are like, hey, Ollie, like, you know, small talk, small talk. And he has like nothing to say you know? Yes. And it's just like, well, I mean, you want life, you want people to think you have an interesting life, but at the same time, like you can't completely lie, especially like pre Facebook, you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: So, yeah. And there's, you know, and I guess the, you know, the question is, can you find a good level between, you know, what makes you comfortable and what also makes you authentic? Right. Yeah, I mean,
0: that's a fine line for sure. Yeah. Like, that's why people take, like, the, you know, professional photographs of their family, you know, like, in a field, sun-kissed, you know? um, And, but then, like, in reality, it's like, like you said, there's laundry still on the floor, and there's <laughs> toys everywhere, and there's, like, crumbs and half-eaten food on the table.
1: <laughs> so. Yeah, absolutely. Like my child rains crumbs, mm-hmm. but not not in public. Okay. Oh, not in public. <laughs> Never.
0: <laughs> oh, you can tell mine do. Like if you go to the zoo, you know they got crumbs because all the birds congregate around their table. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, can't lie about this.
1: <laughs> all right. So we're going to talk a little bit about the other main character in this book, which is Greta. Now, I personally. Don't love the way Greta was used. Mm -hmm. I think she deserved better. I agree. Yeah. So we come to find out through the story. Kari, as a child, when Ali is playing with his childhood friends, Kari is the only one who can find the secret passages. Um, Then one day, Ali and Kari go into the secret passages. And when they come out, Kari is no longer with him, but Greta is. And we come to find out they are one and the same person. Um, which I thought was magic. It turns out not to be magic. It turns out that um, Kari was born with traits of both genders and had been raised as a boy and um, decided that he wanted to turn into Greta because Ollie would fall in love with Greta and Ollie would never fall in love with Kari. Do you think that works in this story? <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> no, thank you. No, uh,
0: <laughs> I really wished it was just magic, you know. Yeah, um, I even really wasn't thinking like the intersex thing. Like I was thinking, oh, she's, uh, you know, she's trans, right? Like he is so he loves Ollie. He actually, you know, f- you know, he actually is female, he identifies as female, has a crush on Ollie, so he's, like, revealing himself to Ollie and as see, Greta, right? Like...
1: I didn't even go that oh. <laughs> real. I, like, I didn't even go into the reality of someone being trans. I mm-hmm. went into complete fantasy where it's, like, and I thought this really was a book about self-perception versus others' perception. Right. And um, Kari, you know, could tell that Ollie's perception of him was just, you know, childhood friend and so transformed himself into somebody mm. that Ollie would perceive as a love interest. And I, I think, honestly, losing that magic, one, I think it kind of, I, I know this is, you know, a, a pet peeve of yours, I think it does render the secret passages kind of like magic list and we're trying to figure out like why are these secret passages so magic Yes, (laughs) Um, which is kind of one of the points of the book um i also think it does a huge disservice to the character of greta because then the greta character spends the rest of the book saying you know my whole purpose is to love you ollie um i was only created to love you and why isn't he
0: disturbed by it, right? Like, why am I but, yeah, that's true. the only sole <laughs> focus of your life? <laughs> and like, like, yeah. there needs to be more to this person. And he just eats it up.
1: I'm just, ugh. It, it, It's true. And I, I mean, you know, regardless of how many romances I like to read, sure. it is an unusual thing if after 30 years you hear from somebody you like, if you hear from somebody you liked or somebody who liked you 30 years ago, No matter how much in love you thought you were at the time or how long you dated, but after 30 years to, you know, hear from somebody and be like, I've been in love with you all this time. It's like, and nothing like you haven't said anything for 30 years. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's just like,
0: it's, it's weird. A little weird. Like I felt weird whenever she said, whenever Greta told Ollie, like I was made for you. I've loved you all this time. Like I felt uncomfortable. (laughs) It
1: was, it it was uncomfortable. It was a discomforting mm-hmm. situation. And I, I, oh, go ahead. I just don't think, I don't know. I don't think any human should feel that their purpose is only to serve another human being. Exactly. And it was just, I didn't think it was a fair thing to do to that character. No. And
0: like, she actually went through like this harrowing ordeal, right? Like, I felt like this. That her her experience should have been the book, right? like you could have pulled that story out and uh, and went into more detail about her time in India, her time in Brazil you know like it was i mean it would right. have been a very intense and difficult book, but it would have like really like shown the struggles she went through, you know right
1: because she lives she lives a very full 10, 20 years mm-hmm. before she starts writing books. Right. Like she has a lot of different experiences around the world, mm-hmm. which are all packed into maybe 20 pages. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. It it, 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 see, it didn't, it didn't serve the character. And I felt like it really didn't serve the story. Right. Because it takes having so much reality takes away from what should have been this magic cinematic theme Mm -hmm. that I think we were supposed to get. Right.
0: Yeah, it's not glamorous like the cinematic life
1: is, right? It's very raw. Right. Right. And of course, you know, that's part of the point. Life is raw. Mm -hmm. Life is not glamorous. Right. But this whole this whole adventure that Greta and the Blumroses, the 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 child friends like the whole adventure that they've set Ali up on is to create a cinematic experience mm-hmm. they have taken his his family so he can live the cinematic life with Greta and they won't and he won't get them back until he has concluded the script that they have set up for him then by by putting all of this very heavy heavy matter into the story like you're you're not doing justice to the other themes yeah and you're not doing justice at all to your you know your heroine here
0: yeah totally um it's just there's so much going on and then this part kind of brings it down i mean which is why like i'm always thinking about it but i'm always feeling confused You know, it's like, oh, it's this magical realism with the secret passages. And all of a sudden, like there's kidnapping. There's um, this woman who has clearly struggled for decades uh, with who she is. And it's I get the dichotomy of like cinematic life versus real life. But I feel like this kind of didn't weave through each other very well. Right. Right. Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah, they don't know. They don't fit. They don't seem to fit together.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, um, the book has two different endings. Yeah. Uh, that is the one thing that I remember <laughs> really, <laughs> really well. Um, and it's because if, you know, anybody has listened to our discussion of the Rabbit Back Literature Society, you'll remember that the author has um, this concept called a book plague in that book which is where the book starts, I believe. And in that, in the book plague, texts, well-known texts would mysteriously change. So you could be reading, um, Alice in Wonderland and you, a book that, you know, most people know pretty well and it could suddenly go completely different. And Alice doesn't go down the rabbit hole at all. (laughs) So, um, people would end up with different versions of the same book. And, um, this book was written with two different endings and the Finnish publisher published it with, um, different endings in different, um, books. So I could pick up a book and get ending a, and you could pick up the book and get ending B, which I think is really cool. It reminds me of the story of when clue came out in the movie theaters. Yes. (laughs) And, um, you know, like, uh, people apparently would go to movie theaters and get different endings. Mm -hmm. Um, but when the book was uh, translated and published in English, the publisher, like they could, I guess they couldn't talk the publisher into doing the same thing. So the book ha- it has both endings, which I love, actually. I do love that it has both endings. But I don't love both endings. Which one do you prefer? <laughs> I'm going to, I'm
0: going to be honest here. I totally skimmed the second ending. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's just like, everybody's just
1: dying. Like, sh- everybody gets shot. I'm like, what is happening? Um. So, in ending <sighs> one, Ollie follows the script to the end. Um, and Greta eventually passes away. Mm-hmm. But Kari lives. And Kari goes off to live in the secret passages with Anne and eventually discover Who he wants to become next um, because his time as Greta is over and he does not want to go back to becoming Kari Um, in the second in the second ending Ali flips the script. And tries to live his beautiful cinematic life with Greta. And Anne comes through and shoots everybody. So I say that not to spoil the book for people, but just so when people know what we're talking about endings, they know which ending we're referring to as ending one and ending two. Yeah, ending two was just, I just skimmed through it. I'm like,
0: everybody's just getting shot. Like, what is happening? The first one. Okay, this is, again, Secret Passages. I feel like there was supposed to be so much meaning behind them to the end. And I just cannot get it because I feel like all the magical realism died when Greta reveals like her whole story. You know? Yes. Yes. And so it's like you're going back to the secret. Like why? Like clearly the secret passages then only has meaning to Greta. Like, it must be only in her reality or in her mind. Or Kari at this point at the end or whomever. Um, (laughs) So it's like, I like that he's like, yeah, I'm kind of done with Greta and Kari. I'm going to see who else I'm going to be. Like, that's great. Like, you know, find your way, find your path. But. uh, like, that's why I like the first ending more than the second. But I still have some issues with the first ending, especially when it comes to the secret passages. I think that's what frustrates me the most. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I um I would agree with you. I think that the first ending following the script, I think from what we know of Ollie, what we talked about of Ollie, I think that serves Ollie's character more. That's the kind of person Ollie's, Ollie's character is. He follows the script. He won't flip the script... Um, on a dime and especially not I think it's especially not to the detriment of Greta which I think is what happens even though he's doing it for Greta to save Greta from dying it means that he has to confront Kari and ex- accept that you know Greta is Kari's creation and I don't think he's ready for that I don't think he has that that in him he wants to believe. That his cinematic life is real. Mm, yeah. And I. um, I just don't think. That it makes. Any sort of sense with. The rest of the book and what we know. Although it's. You know it might seem perfectly. In line that he would not think. Of the consequences. Of you know choosing a life. With Greta versus saving his family. Yeah just issues there too (laughs) (laughs) that is the only part um that seemed like to follow i guess in that second ending Mm -hmm. yeah so why were the secret passages included in this book i
0: don't know (laughs) (laughs) i don't i don't know i mean talking about it with our IRL members and talking about it a little bit just before and talking about it now, like I still have no, I think the only thing that I gleaned was that the secret passages mean something to Kari. Like this is a thing for Kari. This is how he escaped reality. This is how he coped, you know? Um,
1: Well, and eventually he and Anne go back. There is, it got to be a certain magic in there because he and Anne do go back to the secret passages to fulfill whatever dream Anne thinks she's going to fulfill in there.
0: Right, but that's why it's like, well, you showed that the secret passages were magic in the beginning because you went on these weird adventures you don't remember. Mm -hmm. Then it's like, no, I think, they were never mentioned again the whole time after Greta... Comes into being and like Greta reveals herself, um, you don't really hear much about it. And then it comes back again at the end as magic. (laughs) So I don't know. Like maybe it's like a way of saying it's a time of transformation, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely think there's more to it than just the transformation. Right. Um, because Ollie goes in as an adult, mm-hmm. and you know he sees, um, he has that
0: weird vision
1: thing. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I, I didn't know what, whether to call it a vision or not, but yeah, yeah, it is kind of like a vision, a weird dream. He has a weird experience. Um,
0: but I feel like but, we don't, I don't, we don't know enough of the secret passage. It's just that you don't remember what happens, you end up in a different place, and only Kari could find it.
1: Well, and not to mention, I mean, that in there, that in and of itself is an interesting situation that Kari's the only one who can find them. But also, again, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to, there's not enough bringing this together, Mm -hmm. right? Bringing together the magic of the secret passages and the reality of Greta and Ali and their maybe- real life, Mm -hmm. not real life. Right. Yeah. What about the other um, motifs, other themes, the missing umbrellas? (laughs) There's a billion references (laughs) to pairs. Oh man. I don't know. I think like a lot of these ideas are repeated just like the secret passages. Totally are. And I think, I think it was just like,
0: I think it shows that there's meaning Um, with the umbrellas. One thing I noticed was like, he had three umbrella dealers, Right and yes. i th- I think there was like we become
1: the three fates yes later. right
0: because he has like a dream about him like oh my god he's dreaming them as the fates <laughs> what's yes. going on um so i think i so i think umbrellas has like a theme somewhere because umbrellas are very cinematic right a lot of oh yeah old old timey classic movies have like that rainy umbrella scene you know where, like, both of them are under one umbrella or one of them loses the umbrella and then they're, like, having this moment in the rain. Um, so, like, I can... I mean,
1: even even modern movies yeah. have, you know, classic rain scenes. Right.
0: I mean, How I Met yeah. Your Mother had, like, the literal yellow umbrella, you know?
1: We don't talk about How I Met Your Mother. Remember, <laughs> I'm still holding a grudge towards that show. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, there are a lot of umbrellas... <laughs> So,
0: yeah, I think for that, it's like, you know, just there's that cinematic life that he's missing. Maybe, maybe
1: that's why he keeps losing the umbrellas. You know, that's a good point. And we don't know how long he has been losing umbrellas. Right. Like, it seems it, it, um, it seems to be just a, like, common flaw of his, that he's been doing for years. I mean, why else would you have three umbrella dealers? Mm-hmm. Um, totally. <laughs> And like get it imported
0: from France or whatever.
1: (laughs) Right. And and they are important in his relationship with Greta a lot because they're trying to hide their relationship when they're children from her cousins. He's they always walk around under the umbrella. They kiss under the umbrella so nobody can see them. Mm -hmm. So then he loses Greta. So did he lose his cinematic life? Did he lose Greta? Mm -hmm. Is that what they're representing?
0: Yeah, it could be. I mean, it sounds like he was kind of a boring kid, too. You know?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree with that. He definitely doesn't um, seem to have a lot of friends. Mm-hmm. He doesn't seem really invested in, like, their their weird schemes and things like that. He's more interested in just kind of lying around thinking about girls. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so much about girls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which... Could lead to the pears because yeah. um pear shaped is a term often used to describe women's bodies. Um, yeah. Pairs pears can be a symbol for the womb. So could these pears could be symbols for the the women that are always on his mind. Oh like um, always.
0: It could be. I like I like the pair symbol being for the womb because to me that's what Kari latched on to becoming Greta was the pear shaped dress, you know, or the pear dress, the pear printed dress, sorry. Pear print dress, yes. Um and so like you, you have this thing where the umbrella equals Ollie and pear equals Kari Greta.
1: You know? Yeah. At, at the same time, um, you know, there's also this discussion about um at one point Ollie is talking about eating pears and uh, his son tells him yeah. don't eat the pears. The pears are poisoned right. out of like nowhere, which, you know, is not so subtle, yeah. you know, foreshadowing <laughs> I'm there. Kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I think there, you know, I don't, I think there's also more to the pear. It's not just about women, but it's also about, you know, caution. The, yeah, the forbidden fruit mm-hmm. type of idea. Right. Yeah. Three. Yeah, and even in the final scene um when the fr- the when ali finally confronts well kari finally confronts ali um the last thing ali does before he sits down to his computer and reads kari's facebook message is um he eats a pear mm-hmm. yeah which would have been a really subtle thing had it not been preceded by the (laughs) all these pears been dropped on us before right it's like oh "Oh, you bit into the fruit i get it (laughs) yeah yeah no you had to get it yeah we were told to get it (laughs) 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 all right so wrap up did you like the book
0: you know this was a three but i think i would have It would have been a 2.5, but Goodreads doesn't do halves. So I bumped it up to three because I did like the writing. Like I could really see the characters in my mind. I could really see kind of the landscape that he was seeing, you know, like it was just such good writing. Um, There was just way too many confusing things for me to really like appreciate it, you know, like. I kept coming out of the book being like, okay, I'm still so confused, you know? (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, I would agree with that. I think I, I liked it well enough for the writing, the things that worked in the book. Like I really thought these ideas of perception of living cinematically, I thought that stuff was really interesting. I thought it worked I don't feel like it was, I don't think there was enough follow through. Mm -hmm. I don't think the eyes were, the eyes, the ideas were tied. Eyes were also not tied together. together. (laughs) I should not be tied together, though that would be a really (laughs) weird book. Um, I don't think the ideas were tied together well enough. I, you know, I don't think the characters were developed enough. So it's almost like, I think this book had a lot of interesting potential, um, but not my favorite. Yeah.
0: I, yeah. I mean, I think a, a problem is like I saw two books and they were very different books, you know, and so they yeah. weren't like blended well together. Make it fit nicely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'd agree with that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, we'll try again next <laughs> says our next book on eclectic readers is, is an absolutely remarkable thing by hank green which i've heard a lot of good things about yeah so, i'm excited i mean i love
0: fun. john green so i'm sure i'll look i'll love hank too <laughs> <laughs> why not oh. <laughs> anyways all right well show notes um you can find on eclectic slash 80 and old. you can find us on social media, <laughs> on Goodreads, Let's See, and Instagram at Eclectic Readers and Twitter at Eclectic Read Pod. And where can listeners
1: find you, Jeanette? They can find me on Let's See and Goodreads at J-M-T-R-I-V-E-R-A, J-M-T, Rivera, And you can find me on Twitter at Dr. Jeanette, D-R-J-E-A-N-N-E-T-T-E. And listeners can
0: find me on Goodreads and Let's See at Rudy Kaicho. that's R-U-R-I underscore K-A-I-C-H-O-U. Make sure to subscribe in your favorite podcatcher so you never miss an episode. We are now two episodes a month, yay. Um, And go ahead and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts so that other listeners can find us and join in on the book discussions. And we'll go ahead and shelve this until next month. Bye. Bye.